And welcome to Straight Talk Live. I am one of the co-hosts, Rick Snyder. I'm the author of Decisive Intuition and the CEO of Invisible Edge and proud co-host of this not-for-profit podcast that is being brought to you live every Thursday at this exact time, 9 a.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. UK, 9.30 p.m. in Delhi. And we're going to have an exciting show today uh, with one of my favorite uh, trailblazers that I've discovered recently that I'm very excited to bring to you. Uh, but first, I want to introduce uh, my fellow co-host, Af Maholtra. Af, take it away. Uh, thank you, Rick. Welcome, everyone, for another fantastic show. Uh, we always tend to sort of uh, out, out, outpace ourselves when it comes to our guests. Today is one such of the day, and we have a magnificent, powerful leader on the show today. We'll talk about a lot of things today from from leadership to spirituality, perhaps. It's going to be a fun show. I'm, of course, the co-creator of this wonderful show. I'm also the co-founder of Growth Enabler, uh, a fast-growing tech company, and uh, do a lot of philanthropic work to make humanity uh, have a little bit of hope from you know, eradicating hunger to helping young startups achieve their dreams. So, Rick, I'm going to throw the cricket ball over to you this time, not a baseball, cricket ball. So catch it and let's uh, crack on with the show. Okay. So um, today <clears throat> we're gonna be introducing Harpreet A.D. Singh to our show. And um, Harpreet, first of all, just welcome to Straight Talk Live. Excited to have you here. Hello. Hello, Rick. Thank you very much. And just to give a little background for our audience, um, what there's so much to say about you. Um, you were the first female pilot ever for Air India at age 21. Um, you were also the first female flight instructor, I believe, for Air India. And um, you are now the CEO of Alliance Air. <clears throat> so even that alone, it, it just really blows my mind. And I'm sure there's a million other things we haven't talked about yet of just all the ways that you have this incredible audacity and courage to step into new territories and whatever the situation is, you're able to bring forward um, your conviction, your belief in yourself, your ability to trust uh, what you see and what you know and your, the confidence in yourself uh, to lead and to try new things and to have people take a chance and to change the paradigm of, of the moment. So I'm so excited to have you on today for all of our listeners who may be in a similar situation where they want to get that extra bit of courage to try something new and to uh, really go for it. So really excited to have you on today. Thank you, Rick. It's a pleasure. Now, let's just start there. Um, how do you do it? <laughs> like, really, how do you do it where, you know, the script hasn't been written yet, you know, especially being the first female leader in so many different uh, domains? What, what are some of, what can you tell our audience about, how do, how do you maneuver through those moments and people who might be challenging or not believing or maybe actively working against you in, in, at times? I'm sure you've experienced that. So life has its challenges, of course. But for me, I have never really worried about getting here and getting there and, you know, looking too many steps ahead and spoiling my happiness in the present moment. Just give your 100% Keep doing your best work, use your inner strength, connect to the people, be happy in what you're doing and be like a little child who's enthusiastic to learn, who's always willing to listen, to absorb, to connect. And I think over a period of time, if you're passionate about what you do, you really enjoy what you do, you will get somewhere. 
And uh, just since you introduced me, although I got selected as the first pilot in Air India, there was a situation of my medical fitness. I did not continue as a pilot. So it was a very different uh, environment that I had to again, you know, start all over again. Mm -hmm. And I actually, yes, I got into the training department and then I was training pilots as a ground trainer and doing CRM and technical and other subjects. But the issue here is you will get these challenges. You will get these surprises. You will be tested time to time to time. But what makes you prevail is your confidence, your faith, and knowing that somewhere down the line, God gives tests to those whom he knows can overcome. Mm -hmm. And you have to go with that faith. You have to have that spirit to overcome. And if you just do it honestly, truthfully, you just get there automatically. That, that's what I feel. I haven't planned to be a CEO. You know, I haven't planned to be. I just wanted to do whatever I do well. And I must be happy. I must be peaceful. My conscience should be clear. I should sleep peacefully in the night. Mm. Don't disturb anybody's happiness. Just do the right thing. And that's what clicks. Mm -hmm. That's my journey in a short summary. Harpreet, that's amazing. Talk, talk us through, you have such a fantastic uh, story and we often have um, leaders in, in different sort of shapes and sizes on, on our show, you know, and you often, unfortunately, I have to say this, but we, we struggle sometimes to find women leaders, mm -hmm. uh, not because there aren't uh, many, but they're less than, um, than we would like. And we're still on that journey, as you know, and it's a, it's a long journey that we're on. Talk us through just a little bit about your background, because, you know, for people who don't know you, they're just looking at this person with a job title in the aviation industry. And we'll come to that later. But what is it? Who are you really? How have you managed to get here? I don't mean the process. I mean, um, you are you in front of us. You've got a great aura. You're smiling. You said something to us, which I'm not going to give away. You, you can share it yourself about your the sort of practices at 345 4 o'clock 4 30 in the morning that you do every single day uh which was which was amazing to hear how do you um how do you become you and this is a very individual subjective view but it's interesting and we really want to know so tell us a little bit about yourself and your background so as far as uh, myself goes firstly i owe a lot to my parents especially to the way i was brought up which taught me to respect people around me, mm -hmm. no matter which religion, which faith, which economic background, to treat people with due respect. Because finally, we are all pure souls. You said, who are you? Tell me about yourself. Mm -hmm. Who am I? This body is going to go away one day. I'm actually a pure soul that's going to go from life to life to life. And if I can relate to that identity for myself, my entire reaction to the situations around me, to the people that I speak to, even if at times I may not always be the perfect being because I'm a human being, I may do some things wrong. But when I reflect, I'm able to realize that this is where I was not okay and mm -hmm. I need to do something about it. And that kind of reflection comes with meditation, with quiet times, with, with the ability to be honest and true to your own self. Mm have to have that ability and strength to accept that this is where you are not okay. You should have done something in a more human manner 
or you should you should have been more responsible or more accountable etc etc but what happens is when you talk about me the person you also spoke about the woman angle mm-hmm. i was blessed to be in a family where my father being a man like he would actually say you know every woman should be able to stand on their own feet he was i would say the most uh, liberated man in that in that thought process mm-hmm. me and my sister we would go cycling together even if we mm-hmm. fell down he would say get up you know walk up on your own stand up on your own feet have faith yeah the strength with which we were brought up the mm-hmm. inner strength had a lot to do with who i am today plus i would say i give a lot of credit to my national cadet corps where i did my ncc training mm-hmm. where we were taught lot of discipline lot of uh, you know combined teamwork activities which tells you makes you grounded you know you don't have any egos you learn how to do things which you would have normally never done i went into lot of camps i remember i stayed for 3 months with a billeting family we used to call it billeting family means it's not my real family in kerala right. i didn't know a word of malayalam but i worked like a laborer for 3 months we built houses i sat like a mason morning to night in the hot sun you know carrying big stones on your head working like a laborer that kind of grounding which you get when you're a teenager you know 16 years mm-hmm. 17 years mm-hmm. those memories don't go away mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i owe a lot of that to the to the kind of training that i went through as well then i was into dance and dance the creative side you know it tells you perfection it tells you about little little nuances which you have to be careful about your expression your connection your grace how you communicate so i think a, a lot of creative and discipline combined with ncc dancing my family background my own courage my own spirituality which i grew up in i think that's what i am today but i mm. still say who am i i'm a pure soul <clears throat> that's it and if you remove these layers of i'm a ceo i'm a director mm-hmm. i'm a woman i'm a wife i'm a this and you just come down to the real you everything will be fine because then you you see everybody else the same way mm-hmm. you know that's mm-hmm. what spirituality has taught me and as a ceo i really don't think that i'm a ceo i'm only a trustee i should be ready to leave that chair in mm-hmm. one second when i'm told okay now you move to some other area without being attached that means you stay involved you work passionately passionately but you do not get attached to that seat mm-hmm. if you get yeah. attached that's when in in indian language we call it maya illusion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's when all the you know problems begin because Yuka. you want everything you want all those worldly things give yeah. give yeah. give that's you great. know so it doesn't work that way So when you give it with your full hundred percent, like I would say, besides IQ and EQ, you need PSQ, pure soul quotient. Mm-hmm. IQ, yes, of course, you do require it in your normal work. You mm-hmm. need that emotional quotient. You need that intuition to understand your colleagues, your juniors, your subordinates. I should be able to see that person when he walks into my office. From his face, I know today is not a good day for him. Mm-hmm. But at times, you have to be firm. You have to be harsh. but you can be a fair and harsh boss harsh only on the surface because mm-hmm. a diamond needs polishing right mm-hmm. sometimes you're harsh only on the surface but you go out of the way to help your subordinates to to scale up to become better 
if you can make 50 more women 50 more, like i would tell myself if i as a woman have reached a certain position it's my duty to make sure that 50 more do the same mm-hmm. and that's why when i became the president of indian women pilots association and the uh, international women professionals in aviation i kept saying the same thing it is not just enough to keep saying i did this i did that mm-hmm. what are you going to do to help the other women come mm-hmm. up Right. That is the real woman power that you actually help the people who do not have the strength. You give them that strength. You have mm-hmm. to give them that positivity, that positive vibrations have to flow onto them. Mm-hmm. That's how you empower them. And mm-hmm. then it feels so good to see more and more coming up. Like yeah. as CEO, we are, you know, because this is a smaller airline, when we did our first flight to Bareilly, which is in March, it was 8th March Women's Day. So we did, uh, for the regional carrier, it was the first time we did an all-woman flight. Like, you know, women pilots, mm-hmm. women dispatcher, women engineer, wow. women ATC controller, women CEO, and even the ministry people who were around, they were women who came on board. And I did the same thing in my earlier, like, uh, actually, I'm from Air India. This is a subsidiary. Mm-hmm. In Air India, we have done numerous such flights. Mm-hmm. And I was the woman behind I would say more than 90% of those flights in the planning, organizing, making sure that others also uh, get the credit, get recognized. Because you just by showcasing, sometimes you're motivating thousands of other women. Correct. Because yeah. when people are watching, they say, oh, if she can do it, why can't I? Yeah. You know, yeah. you have to be a role model also. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is your duty. You have to bring up people. Mm-hmm. So that's the way, that's me, the person. Yeah. Mm. You know, I, I, I can I can be tough on the surface, but I'm from inside. I'm like a very very softy person. Mm-hmm. Actually, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go I'll, out of the way to help people, but I'm tough on the surface. No, mm-hmm. I, I love I love your perspective here, and I don't hear this enough from CEOs and leaders in in general. <clears throat> and I want to double click on this for a moment because what you said is really important around the ego, and um, in just how you bring up soul and spirituality as a CEO, you don't hear that very often in the world, right, in the business right. space. And there's a way you're just so comfortable and at peace with that. It's not, it doesn't feel weird at all. You're just, it's just natural for who you are. And my question to you is, um, what is more common that we all know about is the ego, that people do care mm-hmm. about titles. They care about position. They care about right. politics and me, 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 me. And how can I get ahead? What's going to look good for my career? Right. And we all know that's what usually sabotages most businesses and most leadership teams are these dynamics that happen in almost every leadership team. Mm-hmm. So how have you dealt with that? Because obviously you've had to have faced politics, um, you know, people jostling to get ahead, uh, all these types of dynamics. How do you deal with those situations, whether you're personally involved or you see it going on in your own team? So. First thing is that you have to be conscious of the fact that some amount of ego is natural in all of us, but it is how much are you allowing it to come to the surface? Because some amount of ego helps you to push yourself to do better. Okay. But what happens is that when the ego gets too much and when the ego goes beyond what is required, then you stop accepting feedback. You stop stop accepting criticism. Mm-hmm. You stop recognizing that there could be better alternative ways of doing something which we could have discussed together as a team. Mm. And that is why even as a CEO, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on this channel, you can ask my subordinates. I'm always asking them, do you have a better idea? 
what do we do as a team? Mm -hmm. Is there something that we have missed out on? And I've even gone to the extent that I tell them that don't just say yes, because I'm saying so. I may have missed mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. And this is what is meant by being egoless when you're in decision making. Mm -hmm. Because if you want the right decision, the correct decision, mm -hmm. you have to have that communication flow with your subordinates and your colleagues. Because then you would know for sure that you've not missed something. You've not, you know, uh, you, you're not in that self-assumed theory that only you know, and that's the only way it's to be done. At times, you may have to push a bit. Like we say, be like the water. Now, I don't know, this just is coming out of my mouth for some reason. Water is always flowing downwards, right? It takes the shape of any container. So you adapt, you be flexible, you know when to pull out and when to pull in. But the water also generates steam, right? So... If somebody is just trying to create trouble, you can see it immediately. Your intuition will tell you. Mm -hmm. He's not here because he's giving a constructive suggestion. He's here to jeopardize the operation or he's just mm -hmm. trying to create roadblocks. You have to know when to raise the steam mm -hmm. with your tone, with your demeanor, without sounding rude. And even if you are sounding a little rude at that point, after 10 minutes, you calm down and you still talk to that person in a friendly way. Mm -hmm. And as far as when it is, when you observe it with other people, I've followed this many times. Mm -hmm. One person comes and tells you a story. The second person comes and tells you a B story. And you know, the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. So best is without breaking their confidence, call A, B and the C and the D. And we all sit together. Let's mm -hmm. have a cup of coffee. Okay, I was just wondering, this thing has been bothering me for a while. How do we deal with this situation? Mm -hmm. So now A will say something. They'll say, but I also thought we could do it this way. Then the B will start opening up because now the mm -hmm. environment is different. And then mm -hmm. the C and D will also start talking. So, but without sounding that he complained about this person and that, all those issues have come out into the open. Mm -hmm. And when they're in the open, they get discussed. Mm -hmm. And we also have a joke sometimes if it's getting too hot, we're not leaving this room till we all agree with a smile. What are we going to do about this situation? Yeah. So we have a nice cup of coffee. We keep talking about it and we come to a solution. So these are the kind of techniques I adopt because I think emotionally human beings are human beings. Mm -hmm. They're not different. If you treat everybody as a pure soul, all that they're looking for is some kind of respect, mm -hmm. some kind of encouragement. They want to be treated as someone important. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. their ego also, right? You have to sometimes humor them a bit because mm -hmm. they need to open up and feel comfortable with you. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think that's important when you're trying to get a group and team together. Together, everyone achieves more. No yeah. one person can, you know, deliver. But as a leader, it's very important that I take full accountability. So even if my teammate mm. causes something to go wrong, as long as it was not a deliberate violation, it was just a genuine error, I take full responsibility. And they must have that confidence that mm. my leader is behind me. Otherwise, you're not a leader. You have to walk the talk. Right. You have to support them. You have to give them energy. You have to be like the sun that is always giving light. Mm -hmm. No matter mm -hmm. the clouds come or whatever, they should know the sun is going to stay there. Even if something else goes wrong, the sun mm -hmm. is always there with me. I mean, mm -hmm. that kind of 
support you need to get from your team. Mm. Then yeah. you can deliver anything. Harpreet, you know talk, Harpreet, tell us a little bit more about um, on the same on the same track. Uh, the, uh, the the you know through your career you you would have worked with all sorts of people uh, from different backgrounds. So you've 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 um, you've talked a lot about women empowerment and you know how you've played a significant role there. Uh, tell us specifically about. I'm touching on this question because it's probably a question that's not asked, so we may as well ask it because we're straight talk. Uh, talk us through how you've dealt with um, difficult men, and what I mean by difficult men is, you know, let's 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 accept that I think women uh, have a sixth sense and and a superpower that some of us men don't have, which is um, the ability to sense and respond. Um, call it EQ, if you if you if you will. Yes. Mm. Um, but but m many men do have they're territorial, um, maybe even a little bit primitive to some extent. You know the hunters, mm. to some extent. The the need for uh, significance and the need for prominence is very hard for uh, most men to detach from. You you have to be very evolved actually to be able to do that and go through numerous life experiences. Mm. And uh, so talk us through without naming names. Uh, any experiences or episodes where your calm demeanor was challenged, as in we only human, right? You only human, so you may have exploded or thought, "What the?" You know, talk us through a few episodes where you have had a conflict with. I'm deliberately saying a man, not another woman, because we want to we want to try and understand that side of you as well. How did you deal with it? So I can give you one example that initially when I was hired as a instructor for pilots to take classes, you know, ground subjects, etc. So I was the only woman again. So I had this only woman issue in a lot of my, it's a long list. Of course. So everywhere yeah. I landed up in an environment where I was the only woman. So, and then we are talking of many days, I mean, many years ago, in fact. So at that point of time, the challenge was that I didn't even have a, just a female male issue. I had an age issue also because I was supposed to take uh, classes for some people, the senior pilots, who are like 20 years older than me, you know? Mm -hmm. And now you're in this strange environment. You're a lady, number one, and you have all these men in the classroom, and they're all 20 years old or 15 years old, very, very experienced, very mm -hmm. smart, very intelligent. And now you are there as one newcomer, and you are trying to, you know, break the ice. It is challenging. And there were certain individuals who initially were trying to, you know, oh, who is this who's come to teach? You know, the attitude was like, well, I mean, just because you're a woman kind of without saying so, but mm -hmm. you're in this post and this is a strange environment. But what I realized was one was that group and the second was the other men, the other colleague instructors. They would... Mm -hmm at times even go to the extent of like not giving me access to information so that mm -hmm. I don't do a good job, would block my, wow. uh, you know, uh, abilities in, in different subtle ways by saying, oh, the system is not working anymore, knowing that I've got a training to do the next day and I have to be well prepared and, you know, stuff like that. And they would just say it's not working, it's under maintenance. I just looked at all that and initially I felt a little rattled, but then I just thought about it. And again, my father's words, 
my visualization that God is always with me, I said, look, maybe this is some apprehension they have, but I have to just deal with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, as long as I can prove that I'm not against any of them and I'm actually working with a, I really want to do a good job. That's all mm-hmm. that I care about, right? right? I have to break that ice. And I started talking to them slowly, steadily, casually, you know, and I did the first couple of training sessions, word spread. Oh, she's a good instructor. She knows her stuff. You know, firstly, you have to work hard. You have to prove yourself also. I mean, that goes undoubtedly. But the second thing is with your colleagues and others, you would continue to have some kind of altercations. But I feel I would try to bring it out more into the open, like with them individually. Like, you know, is there is there an issue? Is there something that I've not done right? Or is there something we can talk about? And I would try my best to actually help them. Like in the evening before sleeping, I would like send them healing energy. And I would say like, you know, I have nothing against you. Why are you against me? I would visualize that uh, there's a bubble and there's me and there's this other person in that bubble. And I'm sending the bubble into heavens. Like, you know, take Mm -hmm. care of this. Because there's nothing wrong that I'm doing towards the person. And I've always felt that over a period of time, it may not have happened immediately, but somewhere it just gets sorted out. It just like, and I would always ask myself, did I do any wrong action against them? No. Then I would feel happy. And if it is still not happening, all uh, okay, then you have to just leave it. Because finally, you know, what happens is that you have to continue being happy in whatever you're doing. Eventually it will resolve. Some things take longer. You have to be patient. Mm-hmm. Some people take longer because of their own, what we call karmic, uh, you know, energies, their own, what we call in, in English, how do you say it? We call it sanskars, mm-hmm. you know, sanskars, um, like you can traditions, traditions. Um... Yeah, because, because uh, you, you, you remember lifetimes of actions. You Actions, can't yeah. get rid of it. You can't get rid of it in one life, right? So yeah, it's almost, it's almost like all that. It's like your so soul. Time. Yeah, your soul yeah. conditioning, like all the conditioning from exactly, past lives. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what happens is then you have to uh, be the humane person around and say, okay, he can't help it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's like that. I, I will have to keep hoping and healing and hoping mm-hmm. that he'll change. And even if he doesn't change, I'm sure somewhere God will help him to understand. But so far, I can tell you that at work, these were all my initial hassles. But I never faced, in general, any trouble. Firstly, one golden rule. When I'm at work, I don't even think I'm a woman, firstly. I think Mm -hmm. I'm a man. Like, I think I'm just one of them, right? Mm -hmm. Second thing is, I've never demanded anything extra because I'm a woman. That's what puts men off. That's what I realized. You, You have come into that job. You can't ask for special privileges and special this and special that right? You, I'm always the first one to reach office, the last one to leave. I'm always there to do whatever work it takes. So people, finally, you know, people are good from inside. How much ever they may pretend from outside, you know, deep down, they're all good people. That's what I believe in. Somewhere that energy does go. And even your worst enemies, you know, in their heart of heart, they respect you because they know you are doing the right thing. They may be jealous. They may be having politics and all those things. But in their heart of heart, they do know who's doing what. Mm -hmm. They do respect you. You know, Mm -hmm. so I think I've not had much of an issue. And I've forgiven, forgotten. I don't want to keep any grudges. Mm -hmm. I want to be happy and I want them also to be happy. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, my attitude on these things is very clear. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I first, I'm just um, loving your your where you come from and your perspective. And I just hope more leaders out there are listening <laughs> and we need more of your, you know, more of your perspective and voice out to, to yeah. be able to impact uh, so many people that I know and our, our different circles appreciate where you come from. I want to, I want to take the conversation slightly in a different direction and it's around COVID and right. obviously the airlines was one of the most disrupted uh, industries of all. And there's so many we could talk about, but let's talk about yours. And so my question is, First of all, how, how did that go down? Because you have such a positive uh, mindset, but there's always real challenges and there's going to got to be times mm-hmm. when you have doubt and challenge as well. And how, how do you lead yourself, but also your team and others in chaos and chaotic situations yes. where you don't know what's going to happen a month from now? You see the, the financials dropping. Mm-hmm. Um, you worry about payroll, all those kinds of human things. How, how do you how, tell us a little bit about how that went down for you? Okay, so I will uh, give you this answer in two parts because the my initial experience with COVID was when I was chief of flight safety, executive director Air India, because mm-hmm. I became CEO Alliance Air in November. So okay. COVID started way before mm-hmm. in 2020. Mm-hmm. So in fact, 2019 end. I was also the emergency response director. So we had already started flagging a lot of our um, emergency response actions that we were watching the world news and we knew that something was happening. So I think in my earlier role as chief of flight safety, the COVID was a huge challenge because we actually had to do the entire safety risk assessments. We had to do the entire planning of what should be the standard operating procedures whether it is for the pilots, for the ground, for the engineering, for the cabin crew, for the passengers, so that we can operate in a safe manner. We had special evacuation flights by the government of India called Vande Bharat flights. And these were going to more than 100 destinations where we had never, ever flown before. So normally as a scheduled operator, we would be doing a planned movement from point A to point B. Here, every second day, there's a new station which we have never gone before and we had to make sure that the runway the performance the other limitations operationally the aircraft is safe to land but along with that all the other procedures of the covid testing the mass the separations the uh, you know the kind of procedures that we had to introduce for engineering for deep cleaning mm-hmm. cleaning yeah. of the cockpit sanitization there were so many sops Flight safety department was one of the busiest departments during COVID. Makes sense. Now talking, how did you lead the situation? People were scared to come out and go to work. Right. So I said, if people are not going to come out and I have to do this task, if I'm heading this department, I have to go there first. I cannot, I've always believed in one thing. You cannot ask somebody to do anything which you can't do yourself Mm -hmm. because that is unfair. Mm -hmm. So what I did was, Taking all the precautions, I started going to work, getting the systems into place uh, to keep all the paperwork ready so that we could operate. Slowly and steadily, my number twos started following, then my number threes, and then, you know, the team started doing a lot of work. So that was uh, one of the very challenging times during COVID. But I also felt that COVID taught us a lot of things. Mm -hmm. COVID 
uh, taught us how not to take life for granted, how to not take situations for granted, how to always be pre prepared because Murphy's law is always there. If something can go wrong, it will. Mm -hmm. So it has helped us to become more proactive. It has helped us to give more hybrid mode of functioning. Mm -hmm. It has changed the way of working. Now, mm -hmm. as far as the CEO position in Alliance Air, because the COVID continues, mm -hmm. here the challenge is quite different. So the safety risk assessments, those parts are similar. But here the challenge is we're trying to help people in the remote cities, mm. you know, in the interiors of India, because we are operating to two-tire, three-tire cities. Mm. We have to position vaccinations to them. We have to mm. send supplies. Mm. And sometimes the crew show hesitation and can I go here or I'm, I don't feel comfortable you're motivating them like, you know, come on, this is the time you can show that you did it. And you're going to always think back in, in your later years in your life that when the challenge came, I was there to face it. You know, mm -hmm. you need to pep up your teams and you need to, again, talk the talk. You should be out there in front. You should be leading. And what we realized is the cabin crew, the pilots, they just need some kind of assurance, the ground handlers, the engineering and you're going into all these remote places where you don't have much of support. Mm -hmm. Unlike the big airline operation where the airports are, you know, well prepared and everything is arranged at the airport once you land. Here you are landing into an area where you, they were worried about getting infected, you know, because mm -hmm. it's a smaller uh, stations. So you have a different kind of a unique challenge. But I think the COVID scenario, we as a team have really, uh, I'm, I feel that, Alliance Air team has done a brilliant job. I say Alliance Air is Alliance of the Hearts. I would tell them that. Alliance <laughs> Air. In Hindi, it means an airline that connects everyone with their hearts. Because when I read this word Alliance, I said Alliance means what? Alliance of the Hearts. So I said, this is your opportunity to connect to the people, to help them, care for them. And I think it's worked. And I kept reminding them the same thing. Your pure soul quotient you also have to have corporate social responsibility. You're not only a business enterprise. You are there to do good for your nation, good for the human beings. You're there to support well in times of need. And this is when you can do it as an airline. But coming to the third part of your question that economically, yes, airlines are making huge losses. It's a huge challenge. There's no doubt. But... It's like a game of uh, snake and ladder. One day you're up, one day you're down. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure we'll come up. You have to have that positive thought. And you, ha you have to generate positive vibrations that things will change. Otherwise, you will be stuck up. And, you know, your own enthusiasm has to go into everybody around you. Only then you can make things happen. Yeah. Look at the opportunities. We went into cargo business. We started mm -hmm. doing cargo flights, which we never did before, mm -hmm. you know. Right. So we're looking, we're looking at connecting people into health, uh, you know, the old traditional Indian naturopathy, yoga, mm -hmm. spiritualism. People want to go and take a break. They've got fed up of being stuck in the home. Look at the business opportunity. Mm -hmm. You can tie up with the hotel industries. You can take people mm -hmm. to those resorts, mm -hmm. let them calm down. You know, I'm thinking of a lot of things of how to come out of this COVID and bring some change in the society itself. Why not? Mm. I mean, everything happens for a good reason. Take out the best out of it. Mm. So yeah. I, I know it's depressing, but we can come out of it.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you talk, you talk, um, uh, I repeat, you talk, I mean, I, I, I think you're, you know, without question, uh, an inspirational leader, because I don't mean just, I'm not using words for the sake of using words. It's because uh, the way you're framing things, you know, you're in a position of power, but you're also in a position of um, accountability. You know, it's not a rosy right. pathway, like, you know, you're in some sort of a spiritual job, but you're, it feels like you're integrating different aspects of you, your personal, your work, uh, the creative side of you, your family side, and you're doing the best you can to mesh them together to then be more as complete as possible as a person. And you happen to be a leader as well, because you've got people that you, know, you inspire and motivate. What a wonderful sort of uh, place you're in, in your life, regardless of economic factors and so on and so forth. But the other thing you said, which is quite fascinating, and a good, good takeaway for all of us, is that during times of difficulty or chaos, necessity, you've just described it, you're forced to rethink your business model. You're, you know, you wouldn't have touched cargo, I'm, I'm assuming, maybe the industry wouldn't have even touched cargo, or you may not even thought about, well, actually, we're going to take a whole group of people and tie up with the resort, and we'll take them there this way. You know, previously, you would have been, well, no, why why would we? Don't break that, you know, anything that's that, that uh, doesn't need fixing. So I think what you're saying is um, the core ethics and principle of leadership uh, leadership, not just for a company, but also if you look at Mahatma Gandhi or you look at Martin Luther King or all sorts of leaders, and you talked about your father, you, you know, you are, we've yeah. all got examples of people who've led our lives. I think you're helping us to come back to what we've forgotten um, exists in human beings. I mean, what's the, I, we always talk about, you know, one of, one of my family members, I keep repeating this example and Rick knows, family member of mine asked me, what's the difference between AI? Because, you know, there's an area that I operate in AI and human beings. And uh, I didn't want to give him a boring answer. So I said, love. So he said, oh, that sounds a bit soppy, but that's the truth. And, you know, consciousness and love, that's what we have when the machines will take over a little bit. So uh, very powerful. Can I, t- can I move the conversation to one, one area, which is the next generation? And so, you know, there's a demographic advantage we have when you have a resilience trained in the right way, you have discipline, liberal family backgrounds and, you know, and and so on. Um, The situation isn't always the same for the younger generation, as we as we know, they they're they're dealing with a different uh, phenomena. They have a different set of cards that they're sort of playing with. And sometimes they get criticized, and I and I, I want to put both cases forward and I want your view on it. The first criticism is the snowflake generation, low resilience, you know, want to succeed at everything, instant gratification, so on and so forth. Um, and they, that, that might be true to some extent. The other is they are way more empowered in terms of access to information, way more knowledgeable than we are. They're, you know, I always joke my daughter is running on the blockchain, she's two and a half, and I'm still on Windows, right? And so... I realized that and I have to find a way to engage with her. Talk, talk us through what you believe is the future of the next genu- generation, the good things and some of the things that they have to contend with that some of what you're sharing today can be imparted and, and passed on. So the good things is that today the younger generation is far more informed. They have far more information available to them. That's the good part because on a click of a button, you Google this and you Google that and everything is available to you. But the sad part is it is just superficial information. Mm. It's not true knowledge. Mm. It's not understanding the essence of what you're reading, you know, 
mm-hmm. at times i find the younger generation wants to do 30 things but and at times there's so much into the worldly body consciousness what we call like you know i must look good and i'm my friends must be saying nice things about me they're more interested in how many likes they get and putting their pictures and getting this is all an image it's a false image you know and it's becoming more and more so and a lot of the depression cases that happen today or um the expectations in relationships or in friendships or in family life at work life are getting destroyed because of all this so called superficial you know connections that they have but they're not deep you know right. and right. there is and there is too much of um, desire for being appreciated superficial mm-hmm. oh he looks so good and she's so beautiful and you know what i wear and which brand i wear so people are lost in all this that is the sad part so what i recommend to the younger generation because they are so empowered with actually easy access to lot of things mm-hmm. they don't have to struggle to survive like even the generation before me mm. we are actually i would say the generation of the 60s i was born in 66 december 25 66 christmas mm-hmm. day mm-hmm. so like uh, the generation before me struggled more than the generation that i belong to right but the generation after me is got everything readily available right they don't have to struggle at all and the generation that we are in is a nice uh, it is caught between the two where you have a very traditional uh, generation before you and a very very new generation in front of you and you're half this and half that so it's yeah. even a struggle for our generation Mm-hmm. but what i would suggest is simple techniques of quiet time if you're not believing in god or anything you can at least believe in the universal energy you can believe in in you just go with the evidence of how you feel if i'm going for the people who are not really believers in the too much spiritual side mm-hmm. there are a lot of believers but for those who are not if you just sit quietly in the morning half an hour just observe your breath connect to the environment around you all the difficult questions which you have in your life put them in front of you you yourself will give the answer try it out you will get the answer you just need to calm yourself because finally we are all part of one big consciousness even the energies within our body the air that we breathe breathe in breathe out it is also connected to the same universe So once you start connecting it that way you will get all the answers and when you get the answers the superficiality drops the peace comes out the love mm. comes out you spoke about love love mm. truth honesty you know true knowledge compassion kindness these are the things that come out mm. and it will automatically result in peace and love for yourself and if your inner cup is full you stop expecting things from others mm mm mm-hmm. I've okay. gone through phases where I had a lot of expectations from people. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I'm teaching myself, I continue to teach myself that mm. stop expecting because mm-hmm. maybe my spiritual level is at is at a different point and others are at different levels up and down, some above, some below and you need to respect that. Give them their time to grow. Because maybe you're at a different point in your journey. You know, whether it's at work or at home. 
So that would be my general hmm. advice. Beautiful. That's, okay. That's, that's nice. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the, you have a lot of questions, but I just want to add one bit. The, the, I think you raised a really important point. I think what I'm going through it in my life, I'm sure Rick is too, and so is everyone else here. Mm. In any position in life, the problem with expectations is that often, depending on your standards, they may not be met. And when they're not met, you're frustrated. Frustrated with a different demeanor, right? You're not in the heavens. You're not still. You've got these <laughs> thoughts in your mind. You're overanalyzing. You're angry at someone who wasn't able to live up to the standards that you expect them to. And that is the fundamental problem with expectations, family and or work. And it's it's brilliant that you're sharing something that uh, in in with the with the umbrella of what we refer to as conscious capitalism. That's one of the things that we're trying right. to to promote, which is inclusive and or conscious capitalism. The idea that right. some right. of these principles of humanity, um, A, have been lost and eroded over a period of time, need to be brought back, uh, not Absolutely. by the next generation, not by the next generation, by us, because what you're talking about there, and I was going to, I didn't want to interrupt you, but are you saying there's a little bit of amplification of ego when you say, I, you know, the young generation wants to look good on Instagram or TikTok or it's about the body? Is that, would you call that the, the rise of the ego or is it something different? It is, it is both. It is the rise of the ego because, you know, you feel good. And in the traditional spiritual text, they will say that like the soul that started as a, in a very pure form over the generations has got eroded, eroded, eroded. And it needs to come back. It just needs that strength back. Mm -hmm. How to get that back is what spirituality teaches you. And it doesn't matter which faith, which religion you belong to. They all say the same thing. Right. The path may be different, but the destination is the same. The goal is the same. So stop those rigid boundaries of I'm a this and I'm a that. That is also a boundary. The moment right. you get out of that, that is why in my meditation, I call that group universal prayers. Like we take prayers of different religions because you have this is the time where the planet needs connection. We need to get people together. We need to heal together to heal ourselves and heal the world. And whether you're a business person, whether you're a woman, man, this, that, it doesn't matter because finally we are all pure souls. We have to connect to the supreme power and mm. we have to vibrate with that beautiful energy and life is divine after that. I mean, yeah. and you stop worrying about small things like, you know, you should be like the eagle that's watching from above and in a detached mode and enjoy, enjoy the heaven, enjoy the floating in the skies. It's so beautiful. Like while I'm talking to you, I'm already there. I can, I get yeah, the same feeling. But we're there with you. We're there with you. We're floating with you. We're looking down yes, we're as, floating as you with take you. off. As you take off, we're looking down. Great. We have a bunch of questions that are coming in. Uh, Rick, do you want to take one? Sure. On? sure. And just a reminder for our live audience, please send in your questions now so we can <clears> get them answered, uh, whether you're tuning in on <clears> Facebook or YouTube or on our live Zoom chat as we speak. Uh, so here's a question from Facebook. Um, you know, so you say, Harpreet, um, that you are the first to enter and the last to leave the building, especially as a CEO role modeling that. The question oh. is, does this create pressure on staff, especially those with family commitments, to do the same at the expense of their well-being? So, very good question. And yes, it does not create any pressure because I just want to do that so that they are not under pressure that, you know, uh, oh, she doesn't herself do it, but she expects us to do it. It is basically to break that bridge. 
but mm. my staff leaves well before me mm-hmm. but i'm there i tell them if you have any problem you have any personal issues family issues leave a note for me let's talk about it so some people stay back because they want to discuss something at a personal mm-hmm. level mm-hmm. right but there is no pressure on anyone i say as long as the job gets done my pressure is on delivery mm-hmm. on execution mm-hmm. how you do it how you fit it into your system that's up to you mm-hmm. especially in today's time with the hybrid mode of work some are working from home some are working full time some are working part time i'm more interested in the result being completed right i can be a hard task master also mm-hmm. yes yes got it i'm That's both right. actually yes i'm both because i think it's also important to realize that you are a professional you mm-hmm. have to execute your task Right. you can finish it early no problem but just because i'm sitting late i don't expect the office to sit and it's not that i'm every day sitting late but what i do is whatever is left over issues i don't like to leave it un- like for tomorrow mm-hmm. right i always believe like they say there's a saying you know do not think of repenting on the 11th hour you may die at 10:30 yeah. every okay. second you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow right. my today must be brilliant right i don't want to postpone i don't yeah. want i want to do it there's a four d's principle do it what only you can do delegate whatever you can delegate whatever you can't do whatever you can't delegate delay it and if you can't do any of the three dump it yeah mm-hmm. just just carry on you know <laughs> your right. time management yeah that's right that's right that's good yeah. um uh, so ashwani is who's listening in asks you How do you actually handle all the fame and accolades that come with your amazing accomplishments and still stay firmly grounded? I never knew I'm famous. I don't think I am. Ashwani, Ashwani <laughs> thinks news. you're very famous. That's news to me. <laughs> no, these days everybody's famous. If you see the kind of Instagrams floating around and the social media, I think everyone is famous. Right. So I really don't know whether I'm famous or not and, because and- if anything if i can interpret her question yeah. even though i'm not her i'm getting a sense that you're like being the ceo being the head of the you know the face of the or of the alliance, alliance air um how does that, how do you stay grounded on your day-to-day life because i look yes very good question i look at life being a ceo is not such a great accomplishment mm-hmm. being the perfect human being in soul connection is the perfect accomplishment mm-hmm. so if the security guard who opens the gate for me in the morning he may be much higher than me in the life exam so for me what keeps me grounded is realizing that how am i doing in my life exam mm-hmm. how have i responded to situations how have i responded to people how have i overcome when i was not treated fairly Mm-hmm. or when situations around me were unfair how did i deal with it so when you start thinking that way you automatically become grounded you know because you're always looking at life in a very different perspective not a ceo and these are just positions mm-hmm. you're just a trustee nothing more mm-hmm. tomorrow is- i should not feel anything if i'm in some other position it's okay Yeah, it's like That's how do i life. fully how do i fully own and embody the role and not attach to it at the same time yeah, yeah exactly mm-hmm. be like the ego detached mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so you you and detached does not mean not being involved 
There's a difference. Right. 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 You can be detached, but you can be still passionate and involved with what you're doing because that is also because that gives you happiness. You're giving your hundred percent, and when you're doing your job, think you're giving it to the Almighty, not to that company, to that individual. Then you do the right thing. You know, ask yourself, would you be happy? Would God be happy if I did this? No. So I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you get into those gray zones. Mm-hmm. So the gray becomes black and white very easily when you start questioning your inner conscience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you'll get the answer. You said you're in intuition, right, Rick? Mm-hmm. You'll get the answer. Yes. How do you, how do you deal with like sometimes uh, board members or people who are very financially minded only, and they don't care about soul talk? They don't care about the eagles flying in the skies. <laughs> they just want Alliance Air continuing to fly profitably, and that's all they care about. How do you deal in those conversations? So with them, I of course first talk about only profitability. First, mm-hmm. I get all the stuff done, which is meant to be done, because that mm-hmm. is the job. And mm-hmm. being professional about your job is equally important. You can't right. be doing soul talk all the time, but you are always a soul from inside. Whatever talk you might be doing, that's mm-hmm. the difference. So after you finish the profitability talk, and if there is some side thing that you would like to happen which is good for human uh, mankind you bring it uh, bring it in slowly and then they're okay with it mm-hmm. you don't start the other way around this is what is a trick to manage your tricky board mm-hmm. members the other thing is like i'll give you a actual example which happened in my airline we delayed a flight by 30 minutes just by touching the consciousness of the passengers we were told that there were organs that had to be moved from one live organs that had to be moved from one city to another and it would have saved four lives but for that we had to delay the flight by 30 minutes now the thought came to me i had to take a quick decision i can't be unfair to the passengers who have paid a ticket and want to travel to place b to get there on time so i quickly took a decision spoke to the captain i said make an announcement to all the passengers here is an opportunity to save four lives mm-hmm. with your permission can we delay the flight You won't believe it. Every passenger said it's okay. Thirty mm. minutes, it's worth it. Mm. So it's best to get a buy-in. And after delaying the flight for thirty minutes, we could take those organs with us, rush it to the hospitals, and we actually saved four lives. Mm. We feel so happy about it. I'm sure those passengers are going to remember it for the rest of their lives more than anything else. Mm. When I started Angels of Air India. my boss told me what what is this angels of air india i said i want to touch the heart of the employee because i wanted to create a voluntary team to support in emergency response for disaster, any kind of disaster and i said if i use the word angels something is going to trigger in their heart and without paying them any extra money they will volunteer he said i don't think so i said let me try he saw my passion he said okay go ahead and try it and i can proudly say we had more than 1000 volunteers and they are the ones who handled our two accidents which we had in the airline few years ago so what i'm trying to say is that human beings are actually good pure souls they have only forgotten their own identity mm-hmm. they just need the remembrance that this is what they are mm-hmm. and when you meditate you start connecting to your own purity mm-hmm. and you realize that you are also very pure you know so i think that is what makes the difference 
Mm. I think I gave you two good examples that came along with the question. You did. And Af, I think we need to get back yeah. on the meditation cushion. Yeah, you tell, tell you me. You and I, buddy. Yeah, you, you've, triggered a lot of, you've, you've triggered a lot of other thoughts that we'll probably yeah. would love to have you back at it on a different uh, occasion. But to speak sure. specifically about noise and digital and its uh, relationship with uh, stillness and meditation, because mm. The, the core to what you're discussing here, and it's it's a big topic, it's a big issue, many thought leaders and opinion leaders on this forum and other forums are very worried about how the rise of robots, genuinely not made up, the rise of robots is going to destroy consciousness. And a lot of our mm. gifts, you, you know, don't use it, lose it, right? Uh, our sensory ability, and we have virtual reality ability right now, which is right. what makes, makes us hear music in different ways. It's just sound waves. We have all of those gifts but the noise levels are increasing rapidly. And as much as we love digital and we're all proponents of it, uh, a lot of what you're saying is definitely worth digging into later on. We won't take up the time now. There are a couple of more questions and we'll close off. Will Alliance sure. uh, diversify their fleet in the next couple of years? Uh, qu question from Facebook. Okay, so Alliance Air at this point is flying ATR-72. And we are looking at getting an ATR-42 as well for some of our shorter uh, runways to cater because the performance limitations uh, did not permit an ATR-72. Mm -hmm. We're also looking for the first time to acquire Indian made in India aircraft, the Dornier. The Dornier we have flown many years before, but they were made outside India. Mm -hmm. So right. following the government of India passion for Atmanirbhar India, which is self-reliant India, we are one of the first airlines that has signed an MOU with HAL, Hindustan Aeronautics Limited, to acquire two Dornier aircraft, which is made in India, mm -hmm. and to operate it in Arunachal Pradesh, which is in the Northeast, which is uh, a remote um, ALG, we call them advanced landing grounds, to operate those aircraft there. And as time moves on, yes, of course, we may look at other fleet, but at this point, this is the plan. We are mm -hmm. going to diversify a little bit, mm -hmm. but we have to see uh, the COVID is still not out. I mean, it's mm -hmm. still coming and going and, you know, we have to still look at our financials and make sure that we survive. That's equally right. important. Right. You right. Know, Brilliant. So, Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, that's a great yes. question. We have one last burning question from, yeah. uh, and we have an avid fan named Chandras from Facebook. And he's asking strategically, how do you differentiate between Air India Express and Alliance Air when they're under the same umbrella? Will the future of AI affect AA? Um, that's the question. Okay, so as far as Air India Express goes, it is a subsidiary of Air India Limited, just like Alliance Air. Both are subsidiaries. Mm -hmm. Air India Express is running on a low-cost model, but it is a beautifully run airline. It is going uh, to international destinations, but it is on a low-cost model. Mm -hmm. Alliance Air has a different concept. We follow the Uran scheme, Ure Desh Ka Aam Nagrik. That means the, uh, every uh, person from the remote corner of the country, even those who never could travel by an airplane, you're trying to connect the two-tire, three-tire cities through what we call RCS scheme, regional connectivity scheme. Mm -hmm. So the concept or the spirit behind it is slightly different, mm -hmm. but both are under the umbrella of Air India. Mm -hmm. But yes, that second part of the question that once Air India, if it gets disinvested, which is what mm -hmm. we are hearing today, if it does happen, then Alliance Air is going to continue to be the only government airline. So it would be the flag bearer of uh, 
the government of India as of now, mm. and Air India as well as Air India Express will be disinvested as mm. per the government plans as of now. Okay. Right. Right. Okay. Interesting. Got Very it. good. Okay. Uh, and but do we have another one uh, apart from people saying amazing talk? What a dynamic leader, which you know anyway. Um, the yeah, there's one more thing. Oh, very quickly, the previous question was diversify. This one is about diversity. So okay. we don't know much about your team, but of course you're a big proponent of uh, women and women leadership. Tell us a little bit more about. Uh, are you really walking the talk? Does your leadership structure actually have? Um, cognitive and gender diversity, because that's a big topic for, for all leaders around the world. Yes, of course we do. In fact, uh, in our own office, we have quite a mix of, uh, you know, diverse backgrounds, gender uh, diversity, of course, already exists. There's equality at work in every way. And we are also encouraging a lot of the underprivileged as well as the women and others to come up we are actually giving them opportunities which they probably did not have earlier. So mm -hmm. we're quite focused and these are also coming to be very frank from certain government uh, principles also, which we are trying to incorporate and ensure that we strengthen them. Right. So it is 100% there. Mm -hmm. And uh, even when I was in Air India earlier, uh, the, the goals and missions of corporate social responsibility in various dimensions are fully implemented. I'm quite mm -hmm. proud about that. Both Air India, Air India Express, Alliance Air. In these areas, I think we are fully committed. There's no doubt. Fantastic. Great. Excellent. Thank you very much. Yeah. Rick, okay. over to you. We're, we've we've gone through the hour like this. Yes. Um, so. Great. I, I think we must have you back at some point soon here. So thank yeah. you so much sure. for your energy, your wisdom, your, your passion, um, your perspective. There's so many great takeaways. I know I'll be listening to this show again. I encourage all of our audience members to pick their best bits and really take these as reminders for themselves as leaders out there in, in the situations that they're facing today. Um, where can people find out more about you and your good work? Where should they go? Hmm, I haven't thought about that, actually. Like maybe your LinkedIn profile or is there anything specific that would be a good place to track some mm. of your... Okay, your but LinkedIn profile... I'm not too much of a social media, but I know that my office has been putting a lot of things. I know okay. that on our activities, but uh, uh, okay. Maybe LinkedIn is a good start. Facebook is another one. Okay. It has at least some of the, and the third is that they could join. If people who are more spiritually oriented, they can join my universal prayers group. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And where should they go to find that information? So I can send the link maybe to y'all and yeah. you can send so it forward. We have a speakers page on our website for straighttalk.live yes. and we can just include any any links you'd like on your speakers page if you like. Yeah, sure. That would be good. Yeah. Okay. Because great. I think that's what the world needs a little more these days. So mm -hmm. I would encourage that. Yeah. Well, so, I've yeah. definitely been inspired today. Af, I know you have as well. Oh, absolutely. Wonderful. Um, Wonderful. In our audience. So Me too. Thank you. I've enjoyed talking to all of you and I can see the passion with which y'all are working. And, you know, they say there's something like third eye energy. And I know you're both very, very beautiful souls mm. and lovely people. And I'm sure you're going to do very well. So all the best. God bless all of you all. Thank you. I'm feeling the jadu. Yes, the magic, the I magic of the almighty. <laughs> I appreciate it very much. You want to get back to India, don't you, Rick? You know, you honestly, I've had a, like three or four thoughts on this call that I need to go back to India. Yeah. I lived there for one year at some at one point. And you're making me want to go back. So please do, please do, I think, and I think come we and do stay a with trip. us. 
Yeah. We should do a trip yeah. out there and do some interviews and just uh, that might be totally. something we think about. Totally. Lovely. There's Let's a calling. Straight, straight talk on the, on, the, on the road. So thank you again. Um, really quickly, our show next week for our audience here, um, we're going to have... Um, we're going to have Russ Shaw, who's the founder of London Tech Advocates and Global Tech Advocates. There's also, I know, AF is leading India Tech Advocates. Um, it's all about how to build communities in this digital era and communities really be the thriving um, ecosystem that we all need to continue to upskill and uptrain and to stay on the leading edge of our today's challenges and to stay ahead of that. So we're going to have a fantastic conversation. How do you actually create those communities even in a working from home situation where we're all remote. Right. Right. So that's going to be next week. Again, thank you so much. Subratri, Mita Sopna, and, and to all, till next time. <laughs> all the thank best. You. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank God you. Bless. God bless. Thank you. Okay. Have a great Bye. day. Cheers, Rick. Bye -bye. Thank you.